And this is Double Bill. I'm Brian Watson-Jones. And I'm Mikey Postel. And I'm Joshua Humphrey. And I'm ready. Josh is the great and powerful. I am the yes. great and powerful Josh Humphrey. I haven't watched this movie yet. Yeah. <laughs> the very dramatic Josh Humphrey. Thank so you. I'm hosting this week, which means I now have to justify exactly what we're doing. Uh, this week is a break from the pattern that we've by default set up so far in Double Bill, uh, we will be doing Dark Side of the Oz, which is a, we'll call it a stoner classic. It's a stoner classic. What you do is you take Pink Floyd's album, Dark Side of the Moon, and play it simultaneous with The Wizard of Oz. It'll play through, I believe it'll play through completely twice, and then a few songs in before the movie ends. And supposedly there's a creepy, creepy number of synchronicities between lyrics, uh, tonal changes in the songs match with tonal changes in the movie. And we are also breaking from form a bit because we have not done this yet. We are about to do it right now. So we're recording now to talk about our expectations and whether we think this is going to work. You are taking a beater to this this format that we've set up. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to switch things up. It's the dark, gritty reboot. Yeah, until until now we've done just movies because movies are very easy to do, for one thing. Uh, And a lot of Double Bill connotates movies Mm because that's how Double Bills work. You put two movies together. So that's what we've been doing, basically. And uh, I have my next one. I think I'm going to get into a little bit something different, too. But this is this is blowing it all to pieces. Right. Because if well, if we're going to break the form, we're not going to break it gently. We're going to jump in the deep end of the pool and the pool will be on fire. I think you're take I think you're hitting the the format right in the face and trying to kill it. Well, I'm trying to wake it up. Actually, wake if, it up. if I'm if I may, I think what Brian is trying to do is he's trying to throw a bucket of water on the form and then have it melt. Spoiler. Oh, oh my. <laughs> yes, that's what happened to Pink Floyd in 1985. <laughs> so, why don't we start um I'm I'm going to ask the questions and then I'll answer it myself. Uh, Josh, why don't you start? Um, what's your? Have you heard of Dark Side of the Oz before? Have you ever done I it? Have, Do you have any baggage going have, into this? I have. I've not. I have not done it myself. I have heard of it. I've heard of the the concept itself, and I think it'll be interesting. I don't necessarily agree that it's a double bill. I think it's more of a simultaneous bill, and I'm. I don't oh. know if I, I don't know if I'm against it per se, but I I have qualms about it. Well, I promise to use all of my four years of liberal I'm, arts education I'm to justify quiet. myself. And there's so many things going on inside me thinking about this. <laughs> they might be they might be rainbow related, but I'm I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing how this works out. I'm not sure if it will. Gotcha. I'm skeptical. We'll find out, Mikey. I'm curious. I've heard of it before, and um, I I mean. It seems like such, uh, my take is that it seems like such a kind of a, if I may, a stoner novelty, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was born, it almost seems like it would have been an urban legend, you know, like uh, who, when you're, when you're ingesting marijuana, I mean, who would be like, now this is what we should do, we should play Wizard of Oz, this is something that goes on Channel 5 once a year, and it yeah, seems man, like a holiday. sweet. Yeah, you know, instead of saying, no, let's throw in, dude, where's my car, and order Domino's, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, however... Since we are all uh, along the straight and narrow here, I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Like, well, what's well, what's the fuss? And what I'm going to say is, like, I, I get it. It might not be a true double bill, but since I've heard of it and I know about it, well, let's cross this one off. What is the fuss? What man? is the fuss, man? Well, we've got our mission statement. All right. so, <laughs> double uh, bill. What's the fuss, what's the fuss? <laughs> man? <laughs> so the pause is important. <laughs> Engage. So my history with this, I have never done it either. I've I heard about it years ago. It's been on my 
vague to do, not bucket list, it's not that important, but that list for a decade. And this seemed like an excellent excuse to actually examine it, not just do it and move on with our lives, but actually spend some time thinking about it and see if it's actually true. If it is just an urban legend that's picked up weight. I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's fair. And that I will fair. say, to to address the, is this a true double bill, the reason that I consider it a double bill, um, so far we have had two movies, but it hasn't just been, you know, a pair of movies that are on next to each other. We don't just flip on USA and see what's on. Right. For many reasons, but one of them being that that's not what we're doing. Um, double bill is about taking two pieces of art, thus far just movies, but not not intentionally, just the way it's worked out, and seeing how they inform each other, seeing how Pacific Rim is informed by having just watched Godzilla, right. seeing how uh, The Seven Samurai is informed, knowing that we're about to watch it become a Western. And in that sense, we are taking two pieces of art, a, a classic Pink Floyd album and a, a cla- maybe the classic movie, and seeing how they inform each other by comparing them. And the only proper way to do that in this case is simultaneously. And my curiosity is actually stemmed from the fact that whether or not it was a deliberate choice on the part of the Floyds, mm-hmm. um, it's got, it also kind of reminds me of uh, about 10 years ago. Hmm. Uh, Dracula. Remember 1931, Todd Browning, Dracula? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they started re-releasing all the old Universal movies. And oh, Philip yeah, Glass... Philip Glass went on board and like decided to score them all, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of a cool thing to do. You know, like movies that were basically quiet with like the crickle crackles of like sure. the ambient noise. But oh, then, yeah. uh, like, well, how how is Wizard of Oz, which is a musical, which has already kind of got iconic songs in it? How mm-hmm. is it? How is it either? How does it benefit from Pink Floyd? And then, or how does it like? No, you know, guys, this is kind of like a detraction. I don't see right. any benefit from the ambient noise of Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. That'll be. I'll be curious to find out about that. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea how it's going to play. Yeah, and I, I don't either. I fully, I fully anticipate this could either be at least interesting, or it could be our first failed double bill. So far, they've all been successful, but again, that's partly because we're just watching two movies. But you know, at the end of the day, even if the double bill fails, we've just watched two so far good movies. Big and deal. we're and we're Brian, we're here together. Yeah, that's the. And if this is our first you, baby ducks and staple guns, I can live <laughs> <it>. <laughs> nice. Which, on that note, if no one else has anything to add, we're going to go watch this thing, and you should enjoy our theme song. Double bill, double bill, comparing culture. It's double bill, putting two things together. It's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill, putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. And we're back. We are. We are back. Having just done this thing. We have just done this thing. We have. Josh is dubious about the success of this I am, project. I am. I was dubious, and I remain dubious. Josh wore his dubiousness. These are my dubious glasses. He wore it. The he, dubious glasses you can't see, podcast people. Right. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't see Josh's dubious caftan. the side of the glasses so we can hear them. There we go. There Those we go. are his dubious glasses. All right. So Hopefully do we want to start off with pick that up? We want to start off with that first. Your dubiousness, or should we start off on what we were digging? No, you start off on what you're digging first, and go. then I'll get into my skepticism. Uh, I think that as a as a perfectly synced exercise, mm-hmm. it was not incredibly perfectly synced. True. 
Um, I think no matter how they attempted to, uh, well, first of all, we found we found the instructions on. Yeah, I found the instructions on the internet on an Angel Fire site. What? Which I did not know Angel Fire still existed. I I thought it was I thought it went the way of GeoCities. So some I, some I, folks said it was a ghost. So I read the instructions about how. So to watch, Angel Fire still exists. Right. I read the instructions of how to watch a seventy-five-year-old movie synced up with a what thirty or forty-year-old album. Like, this this is dubious from the front because Angel Fire. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, but this this gave it a third level of historical accuracy. What? Well, accuracy is the wrong word. <laughs> Historicality. The, we watched a seventy-five-year-old. This movie is not getting better. <laughs> synced up to what a thirty or forty-year-old album, according to a web. Website that stopped being relevant ten to fifteen years ago, which is like the beginning of. I time used to write fan fiction on Angel Fire, which should give you some. Like, and you're the wow. one who's judging, judging me. Wow. you're judging me, fanfic. It was Animorphs fan fiction. Boom, <laughs> boom. Wow. Uh, I'm older than you both, and I wrote Thunder the Barbarian fan fiction on paper. We are learning things about each other we never thought we would. And I inhaled mimeographed ink. Anyway. What? Um, <laughs> so, well, okay, so the instructions were old. The idea, yeah, well, the, the the idea is old. Reading the instructions, I mean, first off, I don't think we had a perfect experiment. The device we were using to play the CD, for some reason, added a couple seconds between each track, so the sync just got slightly worse and worse. I don't think it really would matter, though. I, no, I, no. It, let me finish, because it did that... No, you can't finish ever. It did that, so the, the, the synchronicities listed on this Angel Fire site, even them, they got three to four seconds worse every couple of songs. And I agree. If it was perfectly synced, it would still be like, oh, yeah, I see what that is. As opposed to trying to figure out, oh, that was supposed to go there. I still think there were a few changes. There were a few syncs that were very, very cool, very fun. There were. Uh, I I tell you what, when the when the syncs... You, you had a better way of saying it. When when they seem far more coincidental... Uh, I, I think I used the... Two dollar word confirmation bias. Yes, there, there was a there was a smidgen of confirmation bias where where I think the lyrics and the tunes synced up, and when it did happen, we all sort of did a very communal well, that's, like, that's like oh, that's a thing that's where cool. you know you remember all the hits, but you all, you forget where it doesn't connect, right? Because right, right. you're always synced into the places where oh, that was good, I really like that, and mm-hmm. then you forget all the times where it just doesn't make sense. You know, like ninety nine percent of it. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I mean, there were a few moments when the song would switch at the exact same moment a scene would switch, or a character would be introduced on a very dramatic instrument change or something that were very cool, and I see why this thing keeps its life, but those were few and far between, and they started getting farther and farther between about a third of the way through them. There were a couple of areas where, like, the sound from the album dropped out, and, like, somebody said something, like, cackled, or there was some, like, ominous sound, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh. Then the sound came back in, and it... Which, going with confirmation bias, I mean, we were out of sync pretty much the entire picture, and those still happened. That's clearly not something intended with perfect sync. Sure. Or else those would never have happened for us. And so it was like, I could start this album at any time and probably find something right. where it would sync up. I have to say, the best part about reading the Angel Fire site was in the frequently asked questions, because I think there were four, and three of them were, my sync isn't working. Is this real? Yes, it's real. You're doing it wrong. So there's a lot of justification. Yeah, but that's always their answer. You can go. Yeah, you can exactly. do it wrong. No, that's the you're thing. doing it wrong. There oh, were, you don't get it? You're doing it wrong. There were four questions, and three of them were that. <laughs> if you disagree with us, you've done it wrong. Try again. 
Do I feel? Do, do you guys feel like I've gone to my angry dome? <laughs> no, you know it's like seriously. What I mean, angry what, dome. Would this because it was is angel that what's fire out in the backyard? No, because it, it was is. angel fire. Would it would it have mattered if, for example, we were pressing in a VHS tape, letting it kind of go all the like make its way through, and then like dropping a needle on a fucking rec- record, and mm-hmm. then like making it go and there we did it right. But I think that it doesn't really matter because we just allowed ourselves to try to say. Okay, this is going on in the movie because of our own uh, our own familiarity with Wizard of Oz. Because literally, unless you've been living in a cave, you're probably no so, story. Right. So you bring something up that I thought was really interesting in terms of the album was fighting against my conception of the Wizard of Oz the whole time. Like right. the Wizard of Oz is such a musical yep. movie in the first place because you have all the musical numbers and like you've seen it so many times. I don't know. We're in Minnesota, so we saw it every season. Like it, like clockwork. I don't know if that was like. Uh, Anywhere else in the country, if it was no, like I, that. I grew up in the South, and it it was frequently on, but it wasn't like a. It's it a was a yearly life. thing here. Yeah. It was it, a, it was an. It's event. a Wonderful Life was an annual thing down it, there, but no. The only other movies that I saw frequently were like, oh, the station apparently owns Predator. So I it's like see Predator huh? five times. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we synced up Darker the Moon with Predator, although that almost and, seems sacrilegious. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, but here... But anyway, anyway, what I was saying is, like, it's so ingrained, mm-hmm. like, of The Wizard of Oz is, in terms of, like, it's music, it's beats, you mm-hmm. just sort of have internalized them from your childhood, and yep. so you're just kind of, you know what's happening. Right. And that's and you where... Sort, it's, you sort of, it, it attracts your attention, even though you know what's happening. And I was waiting for, I mean, there was parts that, and that's, uh, that's what I pointed out. It felt like, um, Minnesota listeners... Uh, Twin City listeners, it felt like an experience that you would have like at a danceteria at First Ave, where they'd be showing you know Wizard of Oz on the big screen, and they'd be bumping like a techno version of Dark Side of the Moon, and they'd have the subtitles going. Why and... would someone make a techno version of Dark Side of the Moon? You're talking about sacrilegious. So anyway, I mean, um... no, I, how, 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 Brian Watson Jones, uh, mm-hmm. would you school me, please, in terms of the Dark Side of the Moon and what it means to? I, I can't school you in it. I'm not a very... I, I only own a couple of Pink Floyd albums, and I own the Wall movie. I know Pink Floyd a bit, but I'm not an arcane master of Pink Floyd. So I can't answer your question, I think, that you're trying to ask. I'm a, I'm a level five Pink Floyd arcanist. <laughs> right. <laughs> how is I gotta your, go grinding. How is your Floyd Scholastica? Right. Right. I had best minored in Pink Floyd in college. The, but it's... I audited, Pink Floyd, it... Let me go off on a weird tangent for this. Do it. I've listened to a lot of dubstep remixes on YouTube because I don't get the dubstep hate. I don't mind it. And the remixes are always best when it's classical actual songs. Whenever they remix three-year-old songs that started out auto-tuned, it sucks. There's no point to it. So a a techno remix of an atmospheric album feels like a waste of time. Now, a classical music version of Dark Side of the Moon, that would be fun. Like... Full orchestra. Yeah. You gotta I, change up the genre. I get lot. it. And it sounds like it's something that's been done. My, what I'm, what I want to drive home is that, uh, I felt like having something in the background and listening for those, those simpatico beats, uh, were cool. Uh, for me, the other, the other experience I had a good time with was because the movie was so ingrained, because I know so many of the beats that are already in the film, the songs, mm-hmm. dropping it out and then focusing on some other soundtrack. And then also not having the di- and having the dialogue be there, it really kind of enhanced the sense of like what was I catching and picking up on, and that made it not a, a mind blowing, but again we were all you know pr- 
sober. Right. You know, we weren't stoned. And I don't even know if, as a stoner, you'd think this is a fantastic, like, experience. Well, we were handed a note from our peanut gallery, which is, uh, it, it didn't work for us because we weren't stoned, basically. You, Do you think you needed to be stoned? How to did watch we this? get a peanut gallery? I don't think, no. You know what? You don't need to be stoned. There are other people here. I don't think you would need to be, I don't think. Or we I don't to think. Pay them. You need to be stoned, elevated, or anything else. There's there's no transcendent experience. It's I think as an experiment and as a double bill yeah. for what you're going for, I dig it. I understand it. Yeah, and and touching real quick on what you said, there were some interesting changes. Like somewhere over the rainbow, I noticed in particular the music playing at that point was very sinister, mm-hmm. and it completely changed the flavor of the moment. I think who who was it said it looked like Toto was the puppet master at that, that point. Yeah. That was the other thing. It turned into like the Toto show, and we all couldn't not not see the fact. <laughs> I that, think like, the internet has trained us to really key into animals. Like never, Toto, I think no, never act with babies and animals. That, that well, saying predates the internet. Toto, wow, you are like the Stephen Hawking of this crew. Everybody else is stone cold stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, come up here. Oh, where's Toto going? What I did love, though, is like well, during the something yeah. somewhere over the rainbow, Toto is just like there. His arm is kind of outstretched. He's kind of reaching for Dorothy. He's yeah. like, "Go, go, Looking my pet, screen. Go. Yeah. Have your well, turn. it's again, it's contrast. If the yep. helpers are incompetent, that's funny. If the dog is really confident, competent, that's funny. If the dog's just running around and bumps into a wall, that's sad. But you know, we also we don't have the mm-hmm. like oh gosh, we have like clang crash bang clocks going on saxophone and then somebody singing funky and you're like this is weird. Weren't you saying one of the angel? What did you bring up the angel fire sites or some of the things that sunk up? I think I still have. We can keep talking, but like one of them that I thought was on the angel fire sites is like there's the saxophone solo and it's at the time where Glinda is like yeah we're strumming her moving her hand up and down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, but like, it could be anything, really. Yeah. Well, well they're, they're, looking at these, I mean, there's some where you, if the sync works, you could see how this would be very creepy. But well, at the beginning, uh, there's a lyric balanced on the biggest wave, and at the time that happens, Dorothy is walking along, balancing on a oh, beam. Oh, the fence post. And yeah. that's it's not creepy, but it's it's interesting. It's like, oh, that really does sync up. And well, the song where they're talking about leaving, right? Right. And yep. she was sort of heading. Well, out. yeah, and they and the line. Uh, going home again or something mm-hmm. happened just as she was waking up back in Kansas, and which is very nice. And then there's connections that I didn't even bring up because I was laughing at them. The roofy like, slippers. <laughs> but at the beginning... <laughs> well, I'm convinced now that Dorothy is caught in a roofy circle. Yeah. Just yeah. like Job. It's like, oh no. Oh no. The, but that's the other thing. The connotations that came up just... Not even with our stupid-ass commentary. Yeah. But with the fact that, again, dialogue's dropped out. The music is kind of swelling and carrying it, and then we're mm-hmm. watching. We're really watching. Not these these caretakers, Aunt M and you know Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. Um, we're watching like all these guys like just swarm in. They're like, "Hey, how you doing? You okay? You remember this face?" And they're like, "Okay, <laughs> don't remember my face." Okay, and then the dog comes up, jumps on her lap, and is like. We gotta go! <laughs> you know, I feel actually we had more, like, commentary during, like, Cloud Atlas. Like, when we were watching yeah, that. Right. We were really snarky right. watching That's when Cloud I was Atlas. in my anger dome. I'd never seen it. You were talking over the incredibly <laughs> dense, complex... Wizard of Oz, you can almost watch with the sound off and the dialogue. Yeah, we, don't we know, know all the uh, Yeah, 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 but our true. familiarity is yeah. deep with... Well, <laughs> One thing that was interesting about this is I know I haven't seen this movie in a solid 15 years before today. Oh, yeah, it's been like so, years. So, yeah, at least. 
but it's one of those things of like, maybe I haven't seen this movie since before I discovered Mystery Science Theater 3000. Maybe that entire aspect of movie watching didn't exist the last time I watched this. And now the snarky comments are inevitable. Even if you're enjoying yourself, that did look like a giant Emmy in the witch's <laughs> office. How long have the Emmys been around? 70 years. Is that really that long? Oh, Probably yes. not. Probably not. Television. As long Probably as television's 50, been winning years. awards. Yeah. Uh, as long as I, television said to itself, we deserve an award. And I'm copying to the fact that the recent, the, the most recent that I've seen Wizard of Oz was probably when I was with a group during the Fringe. The Five Fifths of the Fringe did mm. Five Fifths of Wizard of Oz. Oh so. yeah, oh, I got we, pulled on stage for that. Yeah, we watched like it. Three Sticks. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. yeah, Three Sticks was in it. Uh, no I was refunds. in the Lollipop Guild. That's right. Oh yeah, and then well, I was in No Refunds, and so we oh, did the yeah. Kung Fu. That's a mean joke on them to you. No, I just well, I didn't mind. I was drunk at the time. <laughs> 1949 was when the Emmy Emmy was first uh, awarded. Oh yes, a hundred years. So maybe maybe they got the idea from uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, from, from that very scene Probably in the castle. Not, the witch was awesome, by the way. Oh yeah. Again, well, yeah, you, I think the, I love that actor. The things you focus on, uh, Margaret Hamilton. The things you focus on when you're not like into like trying to piece together because it's mm-hmm. a it is a skull fuck of a movie. I mm-hmm. mean, as soon as as soon as they arrive in Oz, it's like. It's the whole Willy yeah. Wonka, like the kids finding well, the yeah, factory. I, 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 every year I work in the Soap Factory's Haunted Basement, which is a twisted fun house more than a haunted wow, house. There were like, there were like four Wizard of Oz films before the 1939 film. Really? And they were all more true. Well, there was one in 1910, one in 1925, and one in 1933. No wonder, uh, no wonder they opened the movie with that caveat. Then, Seriously, the there nice was stories. an 82 Japanese anime feature film. I remember <laughs> that. Cannot have been weirder than the 39 version. Just the 19, that out there. No, the 1925 version was a hipster version. That one was Wizard of Oz before <laughs> Wizard of Oz was cool, and it wears flannels and skinny jeans and beanies. Anyway, All right. so I do the Haunted Basement every year, and watching the movie this time, I want to do a Haunted Basement year where everything is Munchkin-themed, because there is some creepy, crazy nonsense going on in Munchkin Village. It doesn't even have to be Munchkins, actually. It can just be people crawling out of eggs, wearing, like, diapers yeah, and Yeah, no, that's buns. it. I'm not, I'm not saying we'll have to hire uh, an entire group of volunteer actors who are three feet or shorter. I'm saying if we just have some of those weird haircut helmet things and have them pop out of eggs, yeah... That's unsettling. Can the Soap Factory have children, like, as performers? Probably not. The phrase, can the Soap Factory have children, was very upsetting to me for a second there. (laughs) No, um, all of our performers have to be 18, but that's, I don't know if that's a legal, like, an actual law, or just us going, let's be really careful here. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, the Soap Factory is a terrifying thing for an adult. Let's only have adults down there. Maybe that'll stop... Inevitable lawsuits. I mean, you have to sign a waiver before you go down in Right, there. and you have to be 18 to do it, so it makes sense you can't be scared by a 12-year-old, but... I think there's some scary 12-year-olds out there. Oh, there are. You know, you two were listing off some trivia for Wizard of Oz earlier. Though. We were? Yeah, you were, and yeah. I wasn't really... Well, uh... Wizard of Oz is... I was. I brought you this up a lot about just it. when we started. Like, I think it is the most iconic movie. It's one of, I it's, would. I would throw my weight behind that. I'll throw my weight behind the fact that I do... I mean, I've done it before as a performer, uh, and I've done variations of it. It's it's so iconic in the fact that it it wasn't it is an event and had it had been an event back when television was television before Netflix and all that shit it was on every year it was a uh, it was like the Star Tribune front page was like mm-hmm. hey guys tune in to Sunday Night Channel eighty BBC we're gonna do our annual it's like ha ah! and so the family would sit down and have you know their hunger man dinners and watch it my 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 trivia and this is and this is right 
It's probably probably one of the most dangerous ass movies that has ever been produced. Yeah, um, more than from, Poltergeist, right? Uh, or Twilight Zone, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were caught on fire. Uh, Jed Clampett inhaled silver dust. Um, Victor Fleming had to deal with wrangling cast members and and Munchkins. By the way, classy, classy Hollywood, and featuring the singing midgets as the Munchkins. That is like the yeah. That's their billing. That's, that's not their Mikey billing. saying that. That's, that's the movie saying. Great. They, their names aren't in the movie. And I've had and I've had read about like how Victor Fleming was like pulled off of this to go help shoot Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it just I mean the the studio the studio system back then was fucked up. You know, and but look at the results. I mean, '39 was probably the best year for movies in Hollywood history. Yeah, you've got Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind, two of yeah. the biggest goddamn movies ever. And but I mean, watching it now, and if you watch it and know it, and not just a stupid ass trivia like, you notice how Dorothy's hair changes lengths and styles throughout the movie. It's like that's wonderful. I think about like watching when Margaret Hamilton first shows up as the witch, Wicked Witch of the West, <laughs> and then disappears, not just in a cloud of smoke, but in a big pyrotechnic fireball, right, and, and she caught shot. on. Fire. Yeah, and had to be like hustled off, and these actors who were like, uh, "What's a knee pad? What's an elbow pad? What's mm-hmm. uh, you know? What's making sure we're being actor body I'm safe?" Do pratfalls in a suit made out of metal on a concrete floor, studio floor, painted to look like a yellow brick road. I'm going to hop over this fence post, which I probably caught on my gonads once or twice, because gosh knows I might not be the most coordinated performer out there. But that stuff happens even in a bare stage. I don't know. I mean, oh, who's the guy who played the Scarecrow? He's got the talent for physical comedy that he's got to be. That Every movement has to be distinguished and planned. He's got to have the body isolation to be able to do that on cue. Either that or they hired a man and had his bones entirely replaced with rubber. Right. At least the knees. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, that guy probably was just a mess. All Every time I see that that sort of Pratt falls in a movie, I wonder if the knees are going sideways at some point. Yeah, like singing in the rain, you know, yeah, Cosmo yeah. jumping Make over them laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington was in 1939. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, I'm serious. 39, it, the year, I think, has documentaries about it. It, it's a, it was a ridiculously productive year for and Hollywood. And the only other year I think that really would match 1939 is 1984. Mm. That was the year that we found ourselves with the blessing, guys, the blessing of, of Ghostbusters. Um, I mean, yeah, we had Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, and... We should match up uh, Ghostbusters with something. <laughs> and uh, Temple of Doom. Oh, I want to throw that out there and getting slightly back onto the double Sorry. sorry. Um, yeah, I went off with you. The Something I didn't bring up before, but I feel I can bring up now, part of the reason I wanted to do this particular sync-up, because in my research I found plenty of other listed movie sync-ups. There's Dark Side of the Moon with 2001... Right. There's a sync up where you watch Wizard of Oz, you start with Dark Side of the Moon, and then when it finishes, you switch to the wall. Huh. So every time you list another film that can be paired up with Dark Side of the Moon, I just go like, so it, it's, it's just, uh, you can pu- you can apply it to anything. Right, pretty much. Dark so Side the, of the Moon, but my Pacific point, Rim, my Dark Side of the Moon. My point is that we absolutely could... Holy Motors. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Holy... Ugh, God. So... <laughs> Whoa! Ooh! Eh! Yeah. So my point is, you could, there's plenty of established sync-up movies. There's, and we could have tried to discover one right here. We could have tried to match up Wizard of Oz with the Mission Impossible soundtrack. See how sure. that went. Um, but the the reason that Dark Side of the Oz was the one we had to do is this one's the cultural event. This one's the one the people have heard of. This sure. is the one that has a mythology behind it. This is the one that when people, when I brought this up, everyone was talking about it being the stoner thing because they've heard of it. It's something that's just, that's the stoner Olympics, I guess, is trying to do two things at once while stoned. But 
you know, and I, I'm not, I don't know anybody who's done this before, or I'm speaking from experience, but I think it's mm -hmm. difficult enough for a stoner to find their way to a red box. <clears throat> And order or to find Wizard of Oz in a red box, or to order, <laughs> it's or to order cage. order something, yeah, Wicker Man, or to order food and not giggle in the background while their friend is like dry humping a couch. Like I said, I don't well, know. I just this, mean this even if you happened. get everything together beforehand, if you're stoned and you're trying right. to press play on two devices at the same time, God help you. The thing, God help you, sir. The God help on anyone. I mean, clearly, even the syncing up with this was a challenge. Yes. you know, to make mm -hmm. it perfect. And I um, only have one beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just really hungry. I wasn't even drinking. I know. And I was full. A Nuglaris spotted cow. And I'm delicious. sweating already. All right. Send me my money, Nuglaris. <laughs> and I like how your peanut, when you're oh, peanut Oh, can we sell out now? Doobie, McDonald's. Pepsi. Adorable. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I thought she was talking about the dub, actually. That's for a second. Like, you guys said the term dubious like 5,000 times. <laughs> so, anyway, th this has, this had, this double bill had a history behind it. Mm -hmm. There was a history behind particularly matching these two pieces of art. Was it successful? Was it a successful experiment? Because keeping in mind that a negative result is still a result when you're doing science. Are you all oh, crying this out yes. loud? <laughs> this is the most Spock. intelligent scientific experiment of the year. <laughs> I will, I will stand behind that. Nobel Prize. Where's my money? Well, considering we couldn't even get the sink like to be completely right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As the nerds, the Dark Side of the Moon, Wizard of Oz nerds would probably rage at us. Like, you didn't do it right. Right. Ma, do it again. Ma. To which so I would I don't, say. I, I don't think it was scientific at all. Right? I don't, yeah. And I, yeah. I think, I think for, in terms of success. And I know you're being facetious and whatever, but. In, in terms of success. Science. I, I guess because we knew what we were doing, we knew what we were getting into going into it. And because we were able to draw and find our own swells and sweeps and and moments within the 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 separate two entities, I'd say that I get it, mm -hmm. but I can't say it's a qualified success. And I'm not going to say it's gospel. That just ultimately, it, ultimately, this will tell you more about yourself than anything else. Dramatic drosh is dramatic. Drosh, drosh, dramatic drosh. Shut up, dramatic drosh. Dramatic drosh. <laughs> Fall down a flight of stairs. Anyway. So I, I guess, I, yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan, but I get it, and I think mm -hmm. it's an experiment. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Um, Good. I, uh, other, other I would agree. It was, a nice time, it was a nice time to revisit the Wizard of Oz. Sure, yeah. sure, and an interesting way Almost to do it. Almost the seventy-fifth anniversary now. Yeah. Now, what are we like? Two months away? No, it's at the twentieth or something. Oh wow, it's close. Let's well, see. then this. I'm now, on the Wikipedia page. Maybe I should. This look. is now officially for the seventy-fifth anniversary of Wizard of Oz. Diamond Jubilee, oh, next, baby. It's got to be next year because it was 39. It says here release date was August 25th, 1939. Sorry, right. we've passed it. No, so we passed next the 74th year. anniversary. Mm, next year, you're right. Yeah. Yep. It's 70. Was well, the 75th anniversary of almost something? Catching, were they saying the 75th though? When we went yeah, it must be. It must be. Who not the release date. It's the it's the 75th anniversary of almost burning the wicked witch to death during the shooting of one of her scenes. We'll call ah. it that. Today, why not? Why not today? Prove me wrong, Why? internet. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, this is done, and I don't feel the need to do it again. I don't feel the need to do it with a device that won't add those seconds. I do not feel tracks. the need to do it here I or do there. Not, I do not feel the need to do it anywhere. Right. I would just say, if anybody, I, hey, it, we took the bullet today. We took the bullet yeah. for you people out there. Uh, if you were, like, really jonesing to see if the mm -hmm. sync up was awesome and, like, everything was, like you might have heard... You're cool. Yeah, they were Listen I've been to harsh us. on it, but I don't know if it was really a bullet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cake bullet. Um, 
I would say a there cat were bullet. Let's say a dozen. It was a tepid moments. slap. Is a dozen moments sound reasonable? Like a dozen three to five second periods where you're like, oh, that was awesome. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, sure. Which is makes up about a minute of a movie that's an hour and forty some minutes long. Which might have also been like a dozen moments we discovered by turning the sound completely off, watching the subtitles, and just focusing on the film itself versus well, even, the, yeah, and the it, mishmash dialogue. And if it flared up even with just the instrumental songs, just right. because at, adding a different mood to the scene makes it feel very strange. It does. Again, Toto. Toto is a ring is a ringmaster. Yeah. Oh, the puppet well, master he has, Toto. He has that wonderful dog bemused confusion expression. Like, are we? So we're okay. We're in color now. All right, we'll Puppet go with Master Eighteen. I see. It was Toto all along. You're trying to make me wave to them, but I'm actually controlling you, Dorothy. I'm colorblind. This place makes no difference to me. Can we? So why is no one feeding me? And I guess if I'm going to feed fuel to the fire for future Wizard of Oz uh, conspiracy theory aficionados and my fellow nerd geeks out there, I would like to put out there that Oz is actually uh, Oa. From the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. Yeah, why didn't we match up like the Green Lantern movie <laughs> with the Wizard of Oz? Hey, because the Green Lantern the works that we picked for this, you can totally throw that back in. I've got a repeat <laughs> work I want to throw together. All right. Because I... the the door to the Emerald City looked like the Green Lantern symbol. Uh, very, like there's very the Emer- much so. Emerald City. I and have Oz it. himself looked like one of the guardians. And the yep. yellow brick road leads there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yellow uh, the yellow, the road mm-hmm. of fear. Right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone here, people. You heard it here first on Double Bill. We even Why hasn't heard... some comic book writer, like, gawked to this yet? Seriously. Actually, hey, has it happened? Joss Whedon, that one's free. We even said the oath all Josh together. Josh Whedon, start working for DC. <laughs> <laughs> Look, make a better movie if, if for Neil that Gaiman company. They need write a miniseries for right DC now. every now and again. Joss Whedon can do it, and I trust him. <laughs> well, he's been, he, was, he was originally scheduled to do, like, the Wonder Woman movie, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, well. Look, well, the next double bill will be Joss Whedon tied to a chair and being forced to write a Green Lantern comic. Tune in. He'll be doing it live. We might, it might take us some time to put that together. A couple minutes. Right. We have to talk to some people. I'll get my... Well... On that note... Uh, speaking of next double bill... On the, the note of implied horrible crimes... <laughs> <laughs> my double bill is the next double bill. Yes. And do you, know, do you guys know what I chose? Uh, a pair of dice, a pair of fuzzy dice, and a car. If it's the Whedon thing, I apologize for blowing the surprise. <laughs> no, it's not the Whedon thing. All right. Uh, it's, we're going to take uh, Pixar's La Luna, their short film that oh. they did that I think was attached to Brave. It might be attached to a couple oh, of yes. things. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we're going to pair it with the Radiolab episode, The Distance of the Moon. Uh, which is a short audio piece, about 20 minutes long, that's read by Liv Schreiber. Oh, cool. So uh, cool. It, I think you, it'll be interesting. You were yelling at me for breaking the form. Uh, you you cracked it open wide. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna take it back a step, and we're gonna be. Oh, I'm gonna Josh restore. Feast gonna, on the goo inside. You are the new Coke. I'm gonna bring it back. Classic. Josh, classic. New Brian. But I'm made with real sugar. And I'm the cowardly pastel. <laughs> This has been Double Bill. Uh, for everybody out there in podcast land, share the podcast via whatever social media thing floats your boat, be it mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, I don't care. But share Vine, it. Vine, Vine us. Vine us? Yeah, why not? Vine the audio. Uh, vine yourself as you listen to this Double Bill. Well, taking two things six and slamming them together, Six seconds of it. Right. If you enjoyed Double Bill, please, again, tell your friends, share it, spread the word, spread the love. I just said that. Or uh, sing the theme song on the bus. Sing the theme song, which was sung by the fantastic... Anna Weggle, who you can listen to more of her work at annaweggle.com. Got it. 
Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. I think that's it, boys. All right, guys, let's close this down. I gotta get into a roofie circle. We're off to see the wizard. Forget me now.